Hey, it's Jen Garrett here, and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. I've helped thousands of people to develop their own personal game plan to achieve that next level of greatness. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies of professional athletes, Fortune 500 executives, and successful entrepreneurs to elevate your hustle and get you across your goal line. So get ready. It's your time to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball community for quite some time, I'm glad that you're here with us today. And something that I want to mention before we get into today's show, if you've been listening to episodes of the show and you find it helpful and it's been giving you tools, strategies, insights on how you can move the ball and achieve those big goals and really reach that next level of greatness that you're striving for, do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice and also leave us a review. I'm so grateful to all of you who send me messages on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, letting me know what you think of the episode. So thank you for that. But also, if you could write a review, that would be really much appreciated, too. For today's show, I've got a guest that I've been looking forward to chatting with for quite some time. It's someone who I've known from my time working at General Electric, and he's doing some great things now to really make an impact post his GE career, and we're going to get into that into today's show. So today, inside the huddle with us and ready to help us move the ball and to share more about what he's currently doing is Gip Bosworth. Gib is a former GE executive who currently serves as the director of chapter development for the Gary Sinise Foundation. During Gib's career at GE, he stood up and led two GE business verticals, and he's also been involved in many areas such as PL leadership, strategic planning, cultural alignment, and project management. Gibbs successfully led the LA GE corporate commercial sales team, which consisted of 600 team members across nine GE businesses that drove over $1.5 billion in revenue attainment. And Gibb joined forces with the Gary Sinise Foundation back in 2014 while still working with GE, and he was the former president of the Gary Sinise Foundation's Advisory Council. Gibb, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Jen. How are you? I'm good. And thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited. I know we've talked many times over the past month or so about having you on the show. So I'm glad that you're here with us today. Outstanding and honored to be here. Well, we've been connected for many years and I've loved talking with you about what you're doing now, your role with the Gary Sinise Foundation. And I'm really excited to get into that. You know, when I was with GE, I was very much an active part of GE's veteran network and the Gary Sinise Foundation was very much a partner with GE, and I was able to meet Gary back, I believe it was in 2013, and I love everything that the foundation is doing. So this episode is really special for me because of the impact that the foundation is doing to help current military members as well as veterans. So I couldn't be more honored to have you and excited to have you talking on the show today about the foundation. Great. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So before we get into that, let's just talk very briefly about your history, your experience as an executive at GE. You were at GE for 31 years. And during that time, as I mentioned in your bio, you had led two new business verticals within GE. You led the LA GE corporate sales team, a lot of people that were under your organization. Can you share with us over your career some of the valuable business and leadership lessons that you've learned that you think people listening uh, should really pay attention to and think about as they're looking to navigate their career? You bet. 
Thank you. And it's such an honor to be here, Jen. So appreciate it. So number one, I'd say voice of the customer, you know, whatever your true north is in your business or your industry, you've got to be close and active in that listening mode to understand A, their challenge and the solution that they're trying to solve for. And then you need to mobilize the team to actually go actually solve that issue. KPIs, obviously key to any success into identifying and articulating what the issue may be, and then mobilizing the resources and the teams to attack it, solve it, address it, and provide a solution. And I think the third and really key component that we tended to really focus on at GE, and I think it translates to any industry, it's what we called our say-do ratio. And you'll probably giggle with that, Jen. We used to have that Mm -hmm. motto that said, hey, do what you say, say what you do, and get things done. And that was really the mantra that we tried to enable and apply on a day-to-day basis. Not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we definitely worked diligently to strive to go, whatever the customer was asking for, how can we solve it? How can we meet it? Along with making sure that we can scale it so that other customers could benefit from that solution, whether it was healthcare, energy, capital, digital, aviation, all the industries that we serve today. Part of this podcast, I have a lot of professional athletes. I like to tie the competitive athlete mentality to leadership and success to help people and teams get across the goal line to move the ball and get across that goal line. And so growing up as an athlete for you, Gib, were there certain lessons that you learned on the field that you've really taken away beyond the sports context and brought to the boardroom? Yeah, several. One was learn from your mistakes. They're going to happen. Learn from them and adapt. I think clear vision and goals as a team or an individual contributor on the team What does that look like and feel like? How are you going to mesh that with the cultural focus of the team? And then really, ultimately, it's the vision, making sure that you understand, hey, you win as a team, not as an individual necessarily. And I think that's critical. I played football. I wrestled. I played baseball. I did basketball. But football and wrestling were my two go-to sports. So that was a, a mantra that we use constantly to continue to strive to outperform, do well, and win. Sure. And I think connecting people to the vision is so important because, as you know, in sports, It's easy to connect people to what that vision and that objective is. In the business context, it's not so clear cut. So you have to be very clear with your team on what it is, the objective is, what it is, the the vision is of the business or of the team so that everyone has that alignment and knows how to take the right actions to move forward. That's right. And, And not only that, I would add one comment. It has to be reinforced from the top down and the bottom up. It's a constant dialogue and conversation within the organization, whatever the organization is, business, sports, what have you, even in our foundation, you need to have those types of discussions that are ongoing so people always understand where we're headed, what are we measuring, and how do we define success? We chatted many months ago and you had shared that you had retired from GE and gone on to a new venture with the Gary Sinise Foundation. And talk to us about what skills have you found to be most valuable in transitioning from a career in the for-profit space, I'll say, to nonprofit leadership? Yeah, several. And it's been an interesting transition and I've loved every minute of it, I'll be honest with you. It's been fantastic working with just really great people, but also Gary himself. And I think it boils down to three things in my mind. One is humility to seek uh, advice on an ongoing basis, to know that I don't have all the answers, and that applies on both levels. I think empowering people that I'm working with, as you know, GE was a matrix organization, so you had a lot of people that not aligned to you and you didn't have direct responsibility for them. However, they were accountable in a way to you and you to them. Same thing within the foundation. 
And then also just bottom line and the number one focal, I think, that was translatable for me from GE to now the foundation is the mission, having a passion for the mission. I was an advocate for GE. I was an evangelist for GE. And I'd be even more so now for Gary, with Gary and the foundation, having a passion and a maniacal mindset to try to pay it forward to help the veteran community, our first responder community, and even our frontline worker community that we really made a pivot last year to help with all of the challenges related to the pandemic. So those are critical elements of it. And that's really something that's universal. I'm sure many people know Gary Sinise. He's an award-winning actor. Many people know him from his role back in Forrest Gump as Lieutenant Dan and Lieutenant Dan Ban. People know too. Um, but you know, he's also been on CSI New York, Apollo 13, and he's done so many great things to support veterans, active duty military, first responders, as you mentioned. Tell us more about the Gary Sinise Foundation for those who, who might not be familiar with what Gary is doing through his foundation. You bet. And it's so exciting too because it's growing tremendously. So Gary has established and it started 10 years ago with the notion that we can do a little bit more for our first frontline workers, our first responders, and also veteran community. And I think what's key about that, Gary recognized, we can always do a little bit more as a country and thanking them to make sure they feel appreciated, encouraged, and never forgotten. And I think one of the ways that that really galvanized Gary's mission to build this foundation related to his personal experience with the Vietnam War within his own family and as a country. And then secondly, uh, the events of 9-11. And I think with those two keys, he recognized, hey, look, we've got to really focus on doing something more and above than the government can provide, the VA, et cetera. And there's other wonderful organizations out there providing value and support. He distilled it down into four key pillars. RISE, which stands for our Restoring Independent and Supporting Empowerment, which is our custom smart homes or specially adapted smart home program. Number two, we also do community outreach and education. Number three, it's first responder outreach. And then number four, it's relief and resiliency. And underneath that, we have 14 initiatives that support those four pillars. And with the invention of the conversations, where can we help? Where is the need the greatest? These areas became very clear to Gary and the team here at the foundation that they knew they could do more to advocate and evangelize on behalf of this amazing organization and also the veterans and also the first responders. And so there's this really unique connection that Gary has forged with the American people. Something I've never seen, Jen, ever is the unbelievable relationship Gary has fostered with the American people, the public in general, along with the leadership in our country on all levels, whether it's military, political, local, and also within these high-powered organizations and big business. And so it's really neat to be able to be a part of that. Sure. And I mean, from everything that I've seen, I've only met Gary once, but he's such a, an authentic person and genuine in everything that he does. And he really wants to make an impact in all of these spaces. And I just love the foundation. I've definitely been a supporter of everything that he's done for the last decade. I think when we talked about having you come on the show, I mean, I was so excited because one of the things that I talk about in the Move the Ball book and also on the podcast is it's not just about what you're doing in your life to advance in your career or to prepare for retirement or whatever your goals may be. It's also about paying it forward and making an impact on other people and serving 
others. And that's exactly what Gary's doing on a tremendous scale. And these pillars and these initiatives that you mentioned with the foundation is just a great way that he's looking to really make a difference. And that's something that I just absolutely I'm a fan of, I love and I support 100%. So I'm glad that you're sharing that with us here so other people can learn more about the foundation and all the great things they're doing and hopefully get involved. How did you first connect with Gary and how did you get involved with the foundation? Because you were obviously involved prior to leaving GE to join the organization. It actually started with GE, believe it or not. A central theme to this conversation is going to keep coming back to the GE organization. So it was a large event I was hosting and we needed a keynote speaker. And so I was on the search to do that. And it turned out I was able to go down to uh, San Diego to Petco Park military weekend and Gary and the band were playing after the game was over. So we swung by after the game and sure enough, I saw Gary and the band and they were fantastic. And I said, I think I just found my keynote speaker. I shared that with my wife and she looked at me and kind of giggled and said, okay, we'll see how that goes. And I worked the process after 30 phone calls, found the right GE person and said, I need to coordinate to figure out how to meet Mr. Gary Sinise. And they said, well, he's kind of spoken for right now, but we'll see what we can do. Long story short, we were able to break through all that and I was able to actually meet him. And we sat down and had a great conversation about the event and totally hit it off. Supposed to be a 20 minute session turned into almost two hours as we went back to his office and started chatting and just clearly had a passion for the mission together collectively. And he could see that in my heart. I could see it in his and it was just an amazing moment. And from there, the friendship was born and we did multiple fireside chats since then. And we've had a number of interactions together and he's become a good friend and somebody I admire greatly. And I knew as I was transitioning from GE, we were actively talking, uh, myself and Gary and others in the organization. And I just made it very clear. I go, look, I could go to other locations and other organizations and do some other activities, but my heart is with you, Gary, and it's with this mission. And I'd be honored. And so here we are. Oh, I love that. And I think something else that I talk about on the podcast is you know, living with purpose and intention. And it's so great to see you give being a part of this organization post-GE and really doing something again to, to make a difference and also something that's near and dear to your heart and that you're passionate about. Absolutely. Love it. So your role with the foundation is to lead the strategy and execution of creating regional chapters nationwide. Tell us about you know, why the concept of these regional chapters helps to move the ball, as I'll say, you know, what's the benefit of creating these chapters and kind of talk to us more a little bit about how many do you have set up? Where are you going? What's next? That kind of thing. This was a vision that Gary had as well. And so this is an extension of that, right? So the, the foundation nationally is headquartered here in Southern California. And so as the foundation has continued to grow, we recognize the ability that the American people want to interact with us even more, more so than we could meet the demand. So what we thought of was, hey, look, let's create some localized, quote unquote, chapters. Think of a Chick-fil-A franchise model, giving us the ability to create localized leadership teams. So i.e. a chapter president, board of directors and an advisory council all at the local level. So we launched the very first chapter last year, August of 2020 in Orlando, Florida. And we had to do that virtually, obviously, due to the pandemic, but that's up and running with that type of an established leadership team, which is doing great. Secondly, I am working on standing up the San Diego chapter as we speak. So that'll be coming later this summer. And the whole purpose is to be an extension of the foundation for pillars, programmatic pillars that we just discussed. So the rise and the community outreach, first responder outreach and relief and resiliency. And again, it's to mobilize the local community to enable them to even participate further in our mission. 
And so a lot of them have always asked, hey, how do I volunteer? How do I volunteer? Where can I get involved? How can I help beyond donations? And I think that's a part of it as well. So companies have been inquiring, hey, how do we get involved if we're in San Diego, if we're in Phoenix, Arizona, if we're in Dallas, Texas, if we're up in Billings, Montana, how do we get involved on a more local level? We'd love to see that activity here. So this has been born out of that request. And so now we're establishing these all over the country. And so, like I said, San Diego is coming online now. And the goal is to, again, support and evangelize the programmatic pillars that I just socialized with you, but also give opportunity to local communities. So it's going to be led by veterans. It's going to be business executives. It's going to be supported by companies and individuals who feel passionate about this mission. And it gives them an opportunity to, as you noted earlier, to pay it forward and to feel a part of this really special community, Jen, which I have to tell you, I've experienced a lot with a lot of companies and a lot of organizations and a lot of sports organizations over my lifetime. And very rarely have I found anything quite like this organization, the reach, the touch, the passion, the excitement, the energy, the enthusiasm. It's so palpable. And every conversation I've had, I will tell you this, I've been a little here over a little 90 days now in the organization, quote unquote, officially. The conversations are the easiest discussions I've ever had. There's no selling that needs to be done. It's a conversation of how much can we help? When can we help? And where can we help? And where do you need us? Very different than a lot of conversations we're familiar with from corporate America. No disrespect to our friends in the big companies because that's a tough job. But the fact of the matter is, Gary's ethos and his passion has rubbed off on this country in a way that's so profound, so exciting. And to be a part of it, to help build it is really key. And I think the final thing I would just share with you related to this is Gary has an ethos and he says, we can always do a little bit more, meaning we as the American people can always do a little bit more individually and collectively to appreciate, encourage, love, bear hug our first responders, and our veterans. So they never, ever forget they're out there putting their life on the line for all of us and defending freedom, because we know freedom is absolutely not free, but they're also appreciated back home that we got their six. And that is so important to Gary and to all of us. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. One thing I'll ask you, you're standing up this San Diego chapter. Can you give us a preview of some of the other ones that are to come? So for those that might be listening in these other areas, they'll know that, hey, these are coming online and how can I get involved? Great question. And so we're working on that process as we speak right now. It's happening real time. So I can't give you a specific state or city just yet, but we are working that aggressively and we'd like to be able to roll that out, you know, at least communicate it in a roadmap strategic plan here in the near future. But suffice it to say, we're working very quickly to try to deploy these because we know that the community would love to be able to engage. So more to come on that. Okay. And I'm sure you'll have it on your website. We'll tell people where they can follow the foundation here uh, a little bit later in the show. I'm sure that people will, will be looking there for additional details as you roll them out. You bet. One other thing I wanted to talk about is this topic of mental health. So over the past year plus, you know, we had the world change in a very drastic way because of this pandemic and some other things that have been going on over the months that followed. And so we've all had to adapt. We've had to adjust our lives completely. And mental health has been a very important part of that because whether you've been physically touched by the coronavirus or not, it's affected, it affects everybody in a mental standpoint. Some people are struggling more than others, but this is definitely a topic that is very important to me. I've talked about this on the show 
before. I'm on LinkedIn all the time. I've talked about mental health there and how important it is for people to be focusing on not only their mental health, but checking in on people around them to make sure that they're doing okay. Uh, One thing that I haven't shared on this podcast yet, but I will share today, and I've shared it outside, you know, I have a son that struggled with mental health for the last decade. I don't remember if I had mentioned to you, Gabe, that, you know, he recently was in the hospital and almost died as a result of some mental health stuff. So, I mean, it's something that's very, very much important to me. And I know it's an important thing for the foundation as well. Can you talk to us about what the Gary Sinise Foundation is doing to currently support the mental health of veterans and first responders? Absolutely. And Jen, I appreciate that. And I hope your son does okay. And I know you guys are working that process, but it is a big deal in this country right now. If we think about it, high level, big picture, since the attacks of September 11th, almost 3 million Americans have been deployed to the war zone across the globe. And that's taken a huge toll on our men and women who've served. You bring that back and then you multiply that with the pandemic effect. And we know we have a a major challenge in front of us. And I think we recognize as well as a nation, the government can't solve all these issues. This is going to take a consortium of effort between the government, private sector, and great foundations like the Gary Sinise Foundation. So what Gary said, one of his visions and strategic initiatives was, how do we do a little bit more? How can we help? How can we solve this? And of course, Gary is so well connected to so many people. He has great friends across the spectrum, whether it's business, industry, and of course, through celebrities across the country and the world. So he got together with two of his good friends, Bernie Marcus and Art, over, who used to you know, basically create the, the Home Depot founded company. And then they also created the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. That's Bernie Marcus's facility, actually. And then there's also the Boulder Crest Foundation. So these are two organizations that are already providing tremendous support in the support of TBI, traumatic brain injury, along with PTS, post-traumatic stress. And we're trying to help adjust the narrative and focus on mental wellness and use the narrative of we we are trying to help address the mental wellness needs of our fellow service members. And this is also first responders, right? So it's not only veterans, but it's first responders, as we know. And I think that's something. So in February of this year, Gary and those two organizations, the Marcus Institute for Brain Health and the Bouldercrest Foundation, created what we're now calling the Gary Sinise Foundation Avalon and Network. And that group is focused on the very specific needs related to mental wellness. So if you're in that category where you're looking for some help, for some resources, and you don't want to go to the VA, we can now provide uh, support through these three organizations. And so the way it works is your listeners can go to our website, GarySiniseFoundation.org, and they can click in there and they can see the Avalon Network and they can ask for help. And through there, they'll get directed either to the Boulder Crest Foundation or they'll get directed to the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. The Gary Sinise Foundation is the centerpiece or the kind of the lead on this because obviously Gary's passionate about it, but he's also got the recognition to help direct and guide these incredible resources to these individuals. And that's really the process that was launched. So it's become a very important initiative for us, going to continue to grow. We know the need is tremendous. And these two organizations, the Boulder Crest Foundation and the Marcus Institute for Brain Health are just wonderful, great people. And they're going to have facilities all over the United States. They already have several. The goal is to continue to raise money to kind of repurpose existing clinics and or facilities across the country, not build new brick and mortar. So it's going to be very capital efficient and it's going to be staffed with incredible people to really help meet this need. Oh, it's fantastic. It seems like some great organizations that the foundation has partnered 
with. And we'll be sure to have the website in the show notes so people can go check out these resources as well as you can just keep apprised of what's going on with the foundation, all the great things that you're up to, how they can get involved, as well as the rollout of these new chapters as you continue to build out that plan. Absolutely. That's great. Any other comments or thoughts you want to share about things that the foundation is doing? I would just say this. Organization is vibrant. It's growing. It's thriving. We are being asked to engage on a lot of different levels. And one of the areas we're focused on is we're reaching out to companies across the United States. So if you're in a small, medium or large size organization and you have affinity groups or you have networks that you want to get inclusive and you want to bring more tools and resources to your employee base, we'd like to figure that out. We'd like to engage. So if there's conversations that you think would be interesting, we're actively having those conversations now and we're reaching out and we're broadcasting that we want to have those dialogues because we know that the American people are locked and loaded and super encouraged with what Gary's doing. We want to help on an individual basis, but we recognize, look, there's a lot of private organizations and even some public companies that have contacted us that want to do more with us and trying to figure out what does that look like. So I would definitely advocate to let people know that's something that we're eager to hear about and talk about and look into to see what's possible. And then the final thing I would just say, Jen, is being able to take the trust and the donations from the American people and from the companies that support us and to be able to turn around and redeploy that into helping these communities and seeing firsthand the impact of being able to give a veteran a specially adapted smart home and watch his children walk in and see that they can actually help dad or mom move around much more freely and much more naturally versus some of the challenges they have in these multi-level homes. If you watch these children who are Gold Star family kids who've lost a mom or a dad and they go to Walt Disney World for a couple of days of respite and encouragement, and you see the smiles on the caregiver's face, the spouse or the husband, and you see these children bonding with each other going, look, we've gone through a lot of trauma, but we have each other. We have this unique opportunity just to kind of put that aside for a few days and just to have some fun and be a kid. It just warms your heart, touches your heart, and it just energizes me. And I think everybody here at the foundation to want to do more and to help contribute in such a powerful way. So my ask to everybody listening to this podcast would be help us. We need you. Lean in. And you can find us on the GarySiniceFoundation.org website, or you can contact me on LinkedIn and we can have a conversation. Perfect. And we'll be sure to have your LinkedIn profile in the show notes as well, Gib, so people can connect with you and explore opportunities and possibilities. That'd be fantastic. We look forward to it. So what I want to do now to close the show is I want to take you through my two-minute drill like I do with every guest. And so I'm just going to ask you some fun questions to end the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. The first question is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? Cowboy. Oh, nice. Okay. How about, who would play you in a movie about your life? Oh, that's easy. William Zabka, a.k.a. Johnny from Karate Kid. Well, there you go. It's a good choice. He's my doppelganger, by the way. Look me up on LinkedIn. You can see that. <laughs> How about what is your favorite vacation spot? Oh, that's a good one. Many, but I'll take the Caribbean first. How about what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, that's got to be Reese's peanut butter cup and French vanilla. How about what is your biggest pet peeve? Traffic jams in Los Angeles, California. Oh, there's a lot of those. I don't know about how bad it is now since we're still in the pandemic and people are still working from home, but it's back with a vengeance, Jen. <laughs> I remember those days driving to LA for law school after work. Yeah, yeah, I don't miss those. My next question is what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? 
Yeah, so good question. There's a book that I'm reading actually from a colleague of mine here at the foundation. His name's Jim Ravella, and he and his wife uh, have written a book called Hope Found, and it's just amazing. And it's such a inspirational read about life, overcoming grief, personal loss, tragedy within their families, respectively, and how they came together. And they have really built a unique family situation based on tragedy. And it's just a unbelievable tearjerker in a lot of ways. If it's fact is, I work with Jim and actually I report to Jim and it's just an amazing book. Great. And my last question is you are hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Well, of course, I've got to go with Thomas Edison. As the founder of General Electric, I think that was a no-brainer, but I'd love to pick his brain on all the inventions he created and, and what it was like to live in that time period to tinker with all these incredible technologies. So that would be one. Two would be Neil Armstrong. I would love to sit down and have a fireside chat with him or just a cup of coffee and just understand what was it like going through all of those training missions, going to the moon, coming back, et cetera, and just getting a sense of you know what was that personal experience like for him. And then the third one would be Abraham Lincoln. I'd love to hear his mm-hmm. accounts of grappling with all the challenges of the day that he was working with. And, you know, one of the areas that I, I look at Lincoln the most, he was a overcomer. The guy just got beat down and rejected a lot on a lot of levels, but he kept focused on this mission. And the mission was to serve and do something to help better the country at some point, which he ultimately ended up doing. So those are the individuals that kind of sprung to my mind. Well, those are three great choices. Awesome conversation to have those three in the room for sure. Absolutely. Well, Gib, thank you so much for being on today's show and sharing all the great things that you and the foundation are doing. Thank you, Jen. I appreciate it so much. It's just an honor and thank you for having us on. And thank you to everyone for listening and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.